Servus and welcome to another episode of the Pro Hockey Pod, episode 43. Again, new background setting here. We're again on the road. Um, we're in Munich right now, München, as the Deutschers say. And I'm happy to have uh, the Mannheim goalie coach with me. Um, so for those of you who don't know, this guy is a Finnish legend, legenda, as they say in German. Um, his resume speaks for itself. Uh, played many years in Finland, KHL, KHL Championship, KHL Goalie of the Year, a lot of World Championships, World Championship gold medal. Holy shit, how does he get to the end of this? Um, and now he's been a goalie coach the past couple of years here working in Mannheim, done tremendous work with the goalies here. Happy to have him on my podcast, Petri Vehanen. Thank you. Honored to be here. He's a little nervous, kind of like Yannick was about uh, about speaking on podcasts, especially with English, so I'll try to try to get him to talk a little bit here but you were born in Rauma Finland 1977 not to date you but uh kind of what's your earliest memory of your childhood there in Rauma well i remember we lived in a apartment house there and when you get out down, down out of the door you pretty much had a ice there so winter times you had always you stayed all day on the ice and having fun with the kids and Sometimes we played soccer and sometimes also a little bit hockey. And I've been to, we were just in Rama this year, actually. So it was cool to see it. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of water there too in some areas. So I'm guessing, you know, back then, you know, the ice was frozen and or the, the water was frozen there in the winters and you could go out on the ponds and play hockey as well. Yeah, I actually, I was, my jersey got retired in my hometown. So I was watching some old videos, my first game. So it was end of October, we were, playing in a natural ice so i don't think that happens nowadays anymore definitely not with global warming little shout out to you there getting your jersey retired uh we'll get to that later don't <laughs> you worry no need to skip ahead here but um you know what age did you did you become a goalie like were you a a guy that you know played you know maybe forward or d before and then switched like how was it for you in in finland there learning the game of hockey well to be honest nowadays in finland it is that they change players and goalies like everybody can try but back on back in old days i was pretty much they asked who want to be a goalie and one of my best friends went to the line so i just followed him and that, that's i started right away that way so that's how it started so you owe, you owe everything all the success you've had to this best friend of you know being the first guy to go and you were just following exactly <laughs> that's funny and um you know, what was your what was your minor hockey path then like in, in Rauma? I'm guessing, you know, kind of similar to what they do here in Germany. Like you you start maybe like U7 or U9 and then it goes up like every two years. Is that how the teams work in Finland as well? Pretty much. And you saw Rauma. It's a little bit smaller place. So you, I would say all the boys have tried hockey almost. Like you have that group of guys, 20 guys who played hockey and we grew up together until under 20 team like nowadays in finland like a lot of players are changing teams but back then it was always like a hometown team and guys played till they were 20. Mm -hmm. and you yourself as a goalie um you know was there many goalie schools in finland or anything like that that you attended at a young age we actually had right away when i started like that was end of 80s middle of 80s so we had a every sunday we had a defensive and defenseman and goalies 
like a one hour ice. So we had a, I had a goalie coach right when I started. Mm -hmm. And did you ever like travel? Because obviously, you know, I'm assuming there was camps and stuff to maybe do in the summer, whether it was in Sweden or something. Was that ever something you did? And not in those days. Like I think it was big thing. At least have a that one hour ice. Like those days, you didn't have a in Europe at least or Finland or Sweden like goalie camp. So. It's crazy how far it's come because now I feel like, you know, every summer, whether it's Switzerland, Sweden, Finland, like there's camps, you know, whenever they, wherever they will keep the ice in, there'll be camps of some sort. Yeah. That's just pretty, pretty good to see where the game has come. Um, and I'm curious too. So when you're growing up in, you're growing up in Finland, you're coming up through the Rauma, um, knock folks or minor hockey ranks, as, as we say, um, had you ever thought about, going to another country to play at a young age or even, you know, I'd say North America because in North America, there's two two ways you can go. You can go the major junior route. So that's, you know, OHL and all that, or you can go the NCAA route. Like, was there any thoughts of that? Or when you were playing, it was mostly just stay in Realma and try to try to get to pro, I would say, as, as fast as possible. Well, to be honest, I was a kind of late bloomer. And when I was 18, I didn't have a any idea that I would become a pro goalie, like pro hockey goalie. So that was, I was just playing hockey and having fun and not actually even seeing that as a one of my options to mm -hmm. be, be a hockey goalie. I had actually, when I was under 16 teams, I had two, two one-year younger guys than me and they both, both were in the national team. So I kind of, I was the third guy when I was under 16. So I went to under 18 team and we got a one goalie coach, Ari Moisanen. And that kind of changes my career. Mm -hmm. Then it started to go different way. We were working a lot, working hard. And that was the kind of thing what changes my career. And kind of back to the, the question of North America, like was there any guys maybe in your age group or around your age that you know we're taking the journey over to north america because now obviously at least with the ohl and stuff you have like the import draft so i think it's there's two rounds every year and teams are free to pick who they want um and i know back then you know NCAA might not have been very popular for for europeans but were any any friends of yours any teammates you know going over to North America to try some sort of hockey or were they staying in Europe? No, they stayed in Europe and like I said, usually in hometowns like like my age is, but okay, then it was already NHL, but Vesa Toskala is my age, so he was like number one 77 born goalies in Finland and <clears throat> there wasn't any other pretty much in the juniors. What did he do? He, he played pro over there and then eventually just went right to the yeah, he was 18 and he played in a league already then. So he was like a big talent. I remember him in San Jose. He used to have the coolest mask in uh, in San Jose, the, the like the eyeball skull thing, yeah. whatever he had. Yeah, he was in San Jose, Toronto. He, it, it didn't go very well for him in Toronto. <laughs> Unfortunately, we had we had high hopes for him, but it's a hard place to yeah. to play. Um and I'm, another question I had for you, you know, as you said, at this young age, you're coming up and, you know, a guy like Vesa is obviously at this point, number one, but for young goalies. So when you're, you know, whatever it is, if you're 16, 17, 18 years old in Finland, is it common for you to 
play U20 and then also get games in the the other I would say like second professional leagues like you yourself it's it had a different name when you played but now it's called the Mestis so it's the second league like there was a couple of years there like you were playing both U20 and Mestis getting games and is that pretty pretty common for you know players in Finland yeah it it was and like uh, this of course a little bit Finnish under 20 league is pretty good but there's a little difference when you get to the men's game. So yeah, some guys, I think even now nowadays, it's more often like young guys going to play in that Mestis nowadays. So I, I think it's pretty common. Yeah, I found that very, very interesting. You know, you had some couple of years, I think it was in U, UJK. Yeah. I think they have a different name now, but uh, yeah. Like, how was it for you, like that adjustment? Because it is, you know, as I said, you're young. You're kind of getting your first taste of pro and you know a goalie it's obviously a very tough position like us as goalies and you mentioned it we normally develop or mature later than i would say players like how was your first couple couple years when you were getting some games there in the second league yeah it, it was kind of i don't know if they even knew who i was when i went there and kind of uh, but i i was actually i, I had a really good start there and I think that's how I kind of started to get more games like I, I think they had a, some sort of injury or something so they had to pl- put me play so there was nobody else <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh, that's funny and then after those years there um, you end up going to, to Norway we, we've talked about this off camera obviously I played a, a year and a bit there in Norway and a little different experience for you you played in Stavanger which nowadays is a powerhouse they have probably the highest budget in the league nicest arena um very good every year and i think when you were there they they weren't very good but how was that that was your first year kind of away from home i would say but also your first year fully professional yeah it was like a year before that i we have to go to army in finland so i was one year in army but you can play hockey during that time and practice so that's that wasn't that's all right but after that i was kind of thinking what should I do with my life and <laughs> I was kind of wanting always to go play somewhere some other country and that place opened up and then I went there we had a terrible team I think I had a almost between four and five average but I got selected as a best goalie of the league so that pretty much tells how bad our team was then Yep, uh, 98-99, Petri Vahanen, 31 games, 4.88 goals against, 88 save percentage. I mean, that's still pretty impressive with that goals against and goalie of the year. So uh, you must have been doing something right. Yeah, I remember we had a one game against Turhammar. The game was 5-5 and I had 70 saves. <laughs> so what but about, that, what about... but that was really good. I played a lot. I get a yeah. lot of shots. And that was, I think, for my development really really good year yeah i have two two questions you brought up one before but i'll get to that second but yeah just kind of we just mentioned there the development like you know for you with with young goalies now you know obviously you're on the coaching side of it you know do you think it's better especially for development with these kids to go places where they're going to play and get shots versus being on a top team because some some guys think i need to go to a top team because then my numbers are going to be awesome and i'm going to get chances where if you're getting 15 20 shots a game versus if you're getting 35 shots a game i think it makes more sense to go to a team where you get more work and you know you get can continue to build 
Do you agree with that? Or I would say the best choice is to go to the team where you have a best goalie coach and your everyday work is kind of that thing that makes mm-hmm. the difference. Like, for example, if you watch my <laughs> seasons, what was it? I have to sorry, go to the papers, like uh, my first SM League years. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't play that much games. Then you put when you were <laughs> on the bench, but I think I played together ten games, maybe not even that much in those two years. But I was practicing twice a day, and that mm-hmm. kind of like I'm I'm believing in some point in the start, you don't have to play, but in of course after you have done six months, mm-hmm. half a year, after that you have to start to play. But to your question, it doesn't matter if it's good team or bad team. I'm more concerned about what was what is the everyday life. No, that makes sense. Um, obviously, too, it depends on kind of where you are. Like some teams might have a goalie coach that's there every day, and some might have a guy that comes twice a week. But uh, I just know for me, when I was growing up, it was good for me. Like when I played minor hockey, I always had a good team. But we were still a team that, you know, I would get some some shots every night versus when I went to college, we had a really good team and I was getting 20 shots a night at, at most. And not to say it stunted my development, but it really, you know, you look at other guys and I know some who are still playing now who played on lower teams in that league. And you could see the kind of like the the rise was a little higher for them because they were getting those shots, getting that work every night. But it's mentally also a little bit different to play, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. really good team like you don't have a much like you can make mistakes oh there's pressure when yeah. you play on a very good team and you get 20 shots a night because you know if you let in three you know yeah. stats aren't going to be very good and you know it doesn't look good on you yeah and if you play in a good team most likely your everyday practice is a little bit better yeah that's so it. you challenge it in a practice so there's no one way yeah, but I wasn't a practice player, Petri. So there was no challenge <laughs> in practice for me. Everyone will know that I was a gamer. Um, no, you brought up a point too about the army there, which is an interesting point. It's not very common for us North Americans. So I believe the rule is in Finland you have to do two year, two years of service or one. No, no. It's uh, nowadays. It's uh, I think it's six months. Okay, you're out if you want want it, and you can if you're a pro athlete in a good level. You pretty much it's you have to be a couple couple weeks there and so so it's it's I don't think it's it doesn't ruin anybody's career. Mm-hmm. No, but that's cool because in North America, for example, like if you're joining the army, like you're full in, yeah, and you're not doing anything else. Where to your point, you could kind of do both. So like, what was like a like a daily schedule or like a weekly schedule for you when you were when you were rotating both? So uh. Mostly, or once in a month, your weekend, you have to be there. But you, if you had a game, you get out. But weekly, I would say we start service around 7, wake up 6, 6.30, 7, then you get out 2 o'clock, go practice, come back at night, go to sleep. So it's kind of, kind of you working in army. Mm-hmm. You have to sleep there and then working from seven to two. And was it like hard, like hard training and stuff or like hard exercises from that seven to two or not, not for athlete. Like, okay. It was long days. 
for sure like if you and sometimes we have a like camps in the forest so you have to stay there one week so those are tough ones probably mostly because you yeah. know, you don't get sleep that much but it like I said, it doesn't ruin anybody's career. Where was yours? Like, was it in Rauma or somewhere close? Uh, close, 60 kilometers from Rauma. Okay. So, and we had uh, guys from the same team. So, so okay. we were driving together. And Oh, it's interesting. It's obviously a different uh, different life. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine doing that at you know, whatever it is, 17, yeah. 18, 19 years old. It wasn't fun then, but afterwards it was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um yeah, then after uh, that year there in Savanger where you won goalie of the year, uh, lots of Finnish teams came calling and you went back to, to Luko there, Rauma, your hometown. And I mean, you spent so many, so many seasons there, but uh, you know how, like, let's just talk about your development there. I think you played the next, you know, four or five seasons there with a couple, you know, stints. You went to Italy, I think at one point, but like, did you feel you were starting to develop kind of taking a step every year? Yeah, well. To be honest, what happened? In my, there wasn't too many teams calling me, but there was actually one goalie got injured in Rauma in a summer practice in on the ice, and uh, uh, buddy, the guy who started to coach me when I was sixteen, like he called me and asked more eighteen. He called me that can I come to the practice because I just arrived from Norway, and I said sure, and I had unbelievable practice like i was diving and fighting every puck and everything hit me and uh we had a coach then vasily tihonov uh victor yeah. tihonov's son yeah. so he fell in love with me a little bit there and he said that they wanted me as a backup so kind of it was one practice difference that i didn't have a career so <laughs> it reminds me of the the pekka rene getting drafted from a warm-up story yeah yeah exactly so you, you never know who's watching, so you, kind of you have to keep your best. You fans, you you always just seem to find a way. The pesky fans, yeah, as we say. But um, yeah. So the next couple of years there, as I said, you end up, you end up staying in Rama there, and um, you know, did, were you by the end of your stay there? I think it was like you played four years, as I mentioned. Like, were, did you become the number one then, or they had still always kind of had someone ahead of you, and you were on the uprise? I had a. My first year, Tom Draper was the first goalie, and I was a backup. And like I said, I didn't play maybe one or two games. And next year was Bruce Racine, mm -hmm. and he played. I would have maybe five, six games. So, but after in my third year, I became, we started the kind of with a young team, and I got my chance, and that's how it started to be a, as a first goalie. I was looking when I was looking at your resume there. I loved the old Rauma logo. The fox head. Oh yeah. I wish they would still have that. It's uh I think it just I don't know, just reminds me of like a Finnish logo. Like oh, when yeah. you look at the league. That's just my opinion. Um and after your after your time there in Rama, you end up going to Mora. Yeah. In Sweden. Um, how did that opportunity come about? And uh, again, you know, you're you're leaving home. I mean, you might not like this, but Finland, Sweden, kind of similar, but uh you guys say similar but different. I, I would say it's a pretty it was easy to go yeah. to Sweden and I there was in my hometown that uh, three years project and it kind of ended and I really needed and wanted something else mm. like that group was a little bit spreading different teams and I felt like it, it was my time to 
a little bit see something else and there was some interest in couple teams so it was nice to have a first time in my career some choices and that that league too like the top it, it was the top Swedish league yeah, right? yeah the elite yeah. Syrian as they say now it's called the SHL but I mean that league is fast hockey that that was and that was actually Mura is a really small yeah town in the middle of nowhere but I I was happy there like team was we actually we made to the playoffs like that was funny because year before that was a lockout season and they had uh, some good mm-hmm. NHL players and next year we had actually we had five Finns or something so it, we had a little Finnish mafia there so it was e- easy for me but nobody give us any respect like they thought we will be the last ones but we made it to the playoffs so that mm-hmm. we were eighth place or something so that was a big thing Finnish army they always find a way and after that year you end up going to this was your first stint in Russia um not even going to try to say this team's name. Just going to say double N. Um, that one. Um, you know, for someone like yourself, I believe you were 29 at this time, turning 30. The year you went there, 06, 07, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Good math, Andrew. Thank yeah. you. Um, you know, was that a... You had done well the year before in the SHL, which is obviously a, a very good league. But going to Russia, you know, that's very pro- pronounced for probably the best European league outside, like outside the NHL is probably number two in terms of, in terms of hockey. But you know, how was that experience for you? Like that must've been a big culture shock and just kind of another big jump, I would say, because obviously there's a lot of good players in that league. Yeah, actually that wasn't KHL that it was Russian hockey league. So I was, there wasn't too many Western players before me couple of them I know one Finnish player was before me or something like that so it was an uh, I don't know there's probably not that many people who have who has traveled in 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 Russia but let's say that Nizhnekamsk is not one of those places people go yeah okay fair fair enough but uh you know how was how was the hockey and stuff uh in that league and as you said like it like then it was a different a kind of a different league and like there probably wasn't as many imports as there as there is now or was it similar no actually we we had me and two slovaks and those two slovaks didn't speak any English. oh this was this was this team okay so so i had uh, actually one guy who lived in uh in montreal area so he's a Russian, but he spoke good English. And so I was pretty much following him 24-7. So we were roommates and everything in that. And he helped me uh, really much. Like uh, Yevgeny Nurislamov, he was a big thing, thing to me, like help, helping and everything. Mm-hmm. It was like, if we started back, like me first time going to Russia, I never been there before. So it, it was big. That's a big border to crossover yeah. from Finland to Russia so but it, if living was totally different but like you said hockey was even then it was really good really skillful players even like Europe normally you pass a little bit more back but Russians they love backdoor like they don't shoot even they would have a great chance like that was something to kind of learn that hockey but I think that was one of my strengths I, i'm i was pretty good reading the game so that's why i think that hockey was 
little bit more made for me. Mm-hmm. And you you mentioned too, like this is also a time for those listening. Like iPhones didn't exist back then, or it might have been like the iPhone one, which basically was an i iPod. Um, like in terms of like Google Maps, all that stuff. Like you're in a country, you know, Google Translate. Like this must have been hell for you. The the internet was then like you know it keeps that sound and it's downloading <laughs> the, di- the dial up. Yeah, it? <laughs> like it's like you had all like no FaceTime or Messenger. Like I was in Messenger just watching who's coming online and trying to start to type. Hey, you want to chat? Yeah. What are you doing? You got an hour? Like movies and everything. Everything is stopped in Russia, like same in Germany, but there was a one DVD store. So I every time went there, do you have anything that has English? <laughs> like, And I bought all of those. Like, Man, I can't imagine. Like, the, the, like obviously the hockey part of it is whatever we feel comfortable as athletes at the rink but like like you must have been going crazy at home at sometimes like go they, home every day and boredom and you you pretty much didn't have anything to do but that's the funny part like when you win the games you're smiling and you're happy so that's kind of it doesn't matter what kind of place you are mm-hmm. when you win hockey games you usually feel good that is true um, I talked about this actually two weeks ago with Schwartzy. It, it might have been a little different than obviously he played in the KHL too. Did you um like did you drive yourself or did you have a, a private driver? Because Schwartzy brought up that him and uh, Andy Mealy, who plays on Wolfsburg right now, they like had a driver and like translator dude who basically like took care of them because he said like driving in Russia is like playing Mario Kart. Well, I in when I was in Instagram, I just used taxis like. It was just a couple of euros to take mm-hmm. a taxi. But, and I don't know if Nisnikams had any, anywhere else to go. So okay. I didn't have to go that far. But uh, in Kazan, when I went there, which coming later, probably like that's, I went there first and I was like, I can't drive here. But somehow I just <laughs> went there and I didn't have any crashes. So somehow it was. Figured it out. You have to just be rude and cut cut in the line. <laughs> yeah. Gonna eat or be eaten. Um so after that year in Russia, you end up going back to to Luko there, uh, Rauma again. Another very good season. And this was kinda according to Lee Prospects, you can correct me or not, but this was kind of your first taste of international experience too. I believe you played one game there in the world championship for Finland. Yeah. Elite Prospects states it. So <laughs> what whether it's right or not, but uh you know, at this point, like, are you kind of like thinking as a person, like, hey, I've, I don't want to say like I've made it, but, you know, maybe looking back on where you'd been like five years before and, you know, always waiting behind guys. Now you're the guy, like you're, you're the guy playing every game. You're going to all these other countries having success. Like, did it kind of give you some gratitude or like self-confidence? I would say that, okay, all these years of working hard and how I, see myself as a as an athlete my with my work ethic like it's paying off yeah for sure like it came gave me a confidence for sure and and i was a little over 30 then 30 so that was big big thing for me i i didn't been so long first goal yet because i i was a little bit later so i i think i had a lot of hungry still left like so I know sometimes when you're 30, you kind of feel 
little bit if you played a lot like tired but I, I had a lot of hungry after that so actually I think that was kind of pretty much after, the year after that we played the relegation in that uh, what was the year there 2008 2009 or 07 08 oh yeah oh, 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 08 09 yeah and uh, that was really tough year for us and we played a relegation and that was really embarrassing like if we would have dropped down but mm -hmm. we didn't we we've lost first round but we won the second round so we didn't our season thursday or uh friday so next monday i went to practice and i had a really hard summer like that gave me a lot of motiv motivation and uh, another thing too i was i was gonna say is to the listeners like we're talking about you know you're 30 years old at this point Folks, you still got 10 more years left of playing. Like this career goes on forever. So it doesn't it doesn't end. But I want to bring up a funny story. So you end up playing a couple more years there in, in Ralma and then the 09-10 season. Um, you know, you're having a very good season, and you know, might have been a surprise to you, but then out of the blue, um Kazan comes calling. And I know we've talked about it off camera, but there's a there's a funny story to this. Basically, a trade was made. Uh, you know, you were traded for for Michael Teliquist there. Yeah. I'm another Leafs guy. Um, but I'll let you tell the story. So how did that kind of come about? Yeah, well, everything pretty much started when I told we were relegation and I was so pissed off. So I started practice so hard. And then next year we started, we played before the season starts, we played a European hockey tour with Finnish national team and we played against Telquist and I was, he, he uh, we won seven nothing or something and he got pulled out and I was thinking like he won't manage the whole year in Kazan like, and somehow <laughs> it ended up that I'm the guy who kind of changes places with him and I met him afterwards and he's a super nice guy and everything, but that was like that was I was I was surprised and that was a big big thing then. Like there was a rumors a couple of weeks before the trade happened, like and I like do am I going or am I not going? And then I told to my hometown leaders kind of that because Kazan offered me a lot of money and they would pay Delquist out and Delquist has to come to Rauma to Mm. Like my place and so that was a big trade and kind of I told told the leaders in my hometown group that I will stay here and I will do ev everything but I would like to go if you give me a chance and that kind of happened that trade and we were under the playoffs line when I went there and then we end up winning the championship so that kind of gave me a good first impression yeah, yeah. I mean, you just spoke about it yourself. Uh, you go to the KHL. Um, let me read off this book paragraph of uh, statistical awards that you had this year. KHL best goals against, KHL best goaltender, KHL best save percentage, KHL Gagarin Cup champion, so league champion, goalie of the month in April, most shutouts in the playoffs. And also, you were in Finland, also the player of the month in October. So, pretty good, pretty good year for you. Um, also, when you go to the KHL, I've heard a rumor, um, could be true, could be false, that, you know, the better you do, the more um, 
bonus money might show up in your stall and obviously that year you guys won so i'm assuming you know overall it was a pretty successful year for you both uh on the ice and uh financially yeah it, it was like and it was one of those years like kind of it didn't matter what you do you throw your hand there and it just <laughs> in your club like i was so like but i i'm still believing that hard summer before that yeah was one of the key things and kind of but yeah it was nice that we <laughs> we just built a house before i left from rauma so i kind of and paid, a lo- lo- paid, it, paid it off in one lo- month <laughs> lo- not in one month but kind of helped help my future and kind of took a little bit that pressure what's coming outside the outside the hockey that you have a lot of uh, loan or something so that helped a little bit with that one what you mentioned there is so true um you know you worked so hard this summer before because you were pissed off but almost being relegated and you know probably almost overdid things but then you know as you said like when when goalies are feeling feeling it during a year you put your glove somewhere you make a save um it just seems like everything's so easy i remember honestly the one year where i had the best year i was playing a game in the playoffs and I, there was two guys standing in front of me screening and i heard the shot go i could not see the puck and i went you know what? He'll probably go glove. That's my guess. And I put my glove up like this and it went in and the crowd went nuts because it went right in my glove and it was as if I had like anticipated it. And like, literally I'm just there with my eyes closed going like this. Cause I can't see through the screen, but that's, uh, yeah. Like what you yeah. mentioned. That's, that, uh, but that, that was that whole year, whole season was pretty much like that. I don't, to be honest, I can't remember, but I don't think I counted after that year that I didn't have, how many games I had, I let three or more goals. Like it was ridiculous, like five or six, mm-hmm. something like that. Everything, okay, you don't score that much in KHL, but it was two, one or zero, mm-hmm. almost whole season. What a feeling that must be. Um, another cool thing I want to talk to you about, um, you know, kind of your world championship uh, history there. You know, obviously you represent your country on, many occasions in the world championships um at this point you know being one of the guys that was was getting the net you know not being a third string guy but a guy getting the net and uh in 2010 11 there you guys end up winning gold i believe it was in finland no where was it sorry it it was in bratislava bratislava okay that was wrong but just i think talk about that experience because obviously you know someone like yourself you know not being you know, one of the Finnish guys in the NHL playing and being able to play that tournament and obviously win gold is probably a, a very high uh, reward, I would say, for, for yourself and your country, but also maybe a childhood dream of yours. It it was like like when we started the tournament, like there was articles about like we can't win anything with without the NHL mm-hmm. and we didn't have too many NHL cli- uh, players, even Mikko Koivu was there, Tuomo Ruutu was there, but I think maybe they were two only ones. So nobody kind of expected anything from us and then we won the gold. So that was really big thing in Finland. It was unbelievable. We came with the airplane and then they took us to the buses and they us to the square place. And it was like you had people that you couldn't see the end of it. 
it was unbelievable. Like I have some pictures of those and it's that that was like dream. Not true. <laughs> where was the picture? Was it in Rama where we saw the picture of you with uh, yeah. the, the you're on the ice? Yeah, that's uh, from that tournament. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Body, like we are both from Rauma, Jan and Iskala. So okay. we, we were roommates and we wanted to get her. So that was really nice to have a, one of my good friends there with me. I just remember, to be honest, I just remember seeing your face, facial expression in the, in the picture. And it was almost like you're kind of like in disbelief. Like you can't believe, you know, you just won. You know what I mean? Like it's just like you're happy, but you're also like, like this isn't real yeah it, it 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 was like like i said like nobody gave us any chance and i don't know if you remember Mikhail Krandl did that michigan in a semifinals against russia and that that was like then was unbelievable like everybody started kind of believing that before that i think we weren't we were just playing but yeah, yeah. after that everybody started to believe that dream and and winning 6-1 in the final Sweden. I think it was 1-1 after two periods, so we won the last period 5 nothing. so... Not a bad way to end it. No. Um, so you're not playing a couple more years there in, in Kazan and then uh, go back to Roma again for one year, and then this time you end up going back to the KHL in Praha uh, there in, in Prague. But I'm curious, so at this kind of point in your career... You're constantly proving that you're a very good goalie being able to play in the KHL. So why why the return back to Rauma for the one year and then eventually the return back to the KHL? Well, to be honest, why I left this was kind of what happened to Yaroslav airplane. So that kind of scared me a little bit and I kind of couldn't get over that. Mm -hmm. I, I felt like we had a really tough year, that one like we we had a tough old old school russian goats and i kind of i wanted to something else like then i was probably in that point that i wanted a little bit enjoy and have fun like kind of that perspective and i think my family also they wanted to go home then so there was a lot, a lot of things that kind of made that decision yes i left a lot of money on the table there but that's not the biggest thing in the world anyways the travel in in the KHL, like it's a lot of flying and changing time zones and all that stuff, isn't it? Like it's just yeah. the way the the country is kind of set yeah. Up. It's there's I I don't know is it seven or eight hours time differences. So, but it's easier when you're because we were on the west uh, west side, so you always pretty much keep your own time. So you, okay, you go somewhere, you just leave your own time and doesn't don't change that but it's a different when you play in Haparovsk or Vladivostok like then you have to change the time so I couldn't do that is it kind of like is it structure the same like kind of like NHL there where you might go like a week or three games on the road and like just fly around or was it kind of fly there play the next day fly back no no you usually play three or four games in the same area play those four games and then you fly home mm -hmm. play four home games okay no, oh, it's interesting. No, but yeah, you obviously, as you said, you that incident happened, and then a lot of other people came out and said, yeah, a lot of the whether it was airplanes or buses or whatever, like there was a lot of you know older machines, I would say, being used. It, and, it changed after that, yeah, yeah, but but still, like kind of it's so, something changed on me too. So 
so so that's and like i said there was that wasn't the only thing but yeah that, that was really hard for me to kind of get over it any russian gas petri hmm? any russian gas no never heard <laughs> <laughs> i always i always love listening to the spin chicklets guys anyone that's playing the khl that's like one of the questions they bring up and some guys talk about it it's it's pretty funny but yeah, i listened that part too it was a funny one <laughs> Uh, but yeah, then you're there. You're, you're kind of last year in the KHL there in, in Praha. So that I believe they were a newish team in in the league. Uh, that was uh, actually second second uh, year of that team. And, yeah. And like we had it in the start of the season, we had some games seven hundred people. Like it was nobody cared about. But we actually made it to the playoffs and in the finals and semifinals, we had a full house, and that was. I think we created something there, but then. A little bit stealing your lines, but I actually signed there for the next year. But then they canceled the season because they didn't find anybody to put the money in there. So okay, well, it's tough. I mean, obviously, a league like the KHL, you have to have a lot of money in there to to have success. Yeah, and uh, actually, we had an owner, and I heard that he kind of said that he wants someone to split the bill with him. Like he he, and he doesn't want to do it kind of halfway. That he yeah. would have a good team or no team at all. And then there wasn't anybody to pay the half of the bill, so there was no team. I forgot to, to mention this before your your other stint before in the KHL. You end up playing a little bit with a, a young Artemi Panarin. Yeah, actually, he was in uh, Kazan same time, so he was eighteen years old guy. So he was really skillful guy. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, could you see at that at that young age that this guy like had potential for the NHL? Or well, I would say in that point, I felt like a lot of Russians kind of they wanted to stay because in Russia then because KHLs just started and they really wanted to challenge channels challenge the NHL, but mm -hmm. I think. There's for sure in the end, NHL is the place where they want to play. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so as you mentioned there, you know, you kind of you had a deal to go back to Praha, but obviously uh, kind of fell through. And then, um, you know, where you kind of do you have enough time? Like, obviously, you found another job, but like, was it kind of like mid late summer? Were you kind of scrambling a bit, or did you have other offers still kind of on the table when this happened? I had a couple couple actually options in KHL and I was thinking it a lot but then I was like I'm, I'm I was 36 and I, that playoff year in when we play, played in or in Brock like that was kind of really I found it that my body starting to get a little bit older so with all that time different everything so 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 and by the way live, living in a Brock and playing the KHL that was pretty much fun. Like you can, Prague is a nice city. You're flying to Russia with the European planes, everything like that's kind of what. I've heard Prague is a good time. A um, couple, couple Czech guys I played with love love going there. Teams go there for breaks, so it seems like a fun place on the bucket list. Um, but then you end up going to to Berlin there, Ice Bear in Berlin. Um, a very pro pronoun team in, in Germany, especially at this point, you know, they had gone through a stretch. I think in the, before you got there in the last 10 years, they had won whatever, seven or eight championships. Uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy stretch there. Um, and you seem to like find a home there. Like you end up staying there for four years. Um, you know, even at that kind of, as you said, you you could kind of feel your body 
slowly, you know, getting older, I would say, but you were still putting up tremendous numbers there. Um, you know, how do you find the drive at that, at that age, you know, to keep, to keep wanting to get better every day, keep working so hard. That, that was actually, I, I was so happy. Like I was, I, <laughs> I remember I was in a golf course and like got a phone call from my agent that uh, Berlin needs a goalie because Rob Sepp just signed the NHL co contract. And I said like, that sounds something I would like to do. Like, like of course <laughs> they were saying like the money is not the same than in KHL. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't kind of care. Like I want to be happy and like I, I never regret that choice. Like, like you said, I I really enjoyed in Berlin, and then my kids went to school there, and they got a good school, and I think we were really happy there. So that that's that was a great choice and. Going to the new league, I think it would have been tougher for me if I would have go back to Rauma and kind of knowing what league is. Mm -hmm. what, coming to Germany, everything was new. No idea of anything how DL. Like I always thought that it would be nice to play in DL, but getting a chance and going to the one of the nicest metropolis in the in the world. So that was fun. What's the biggest difference you would say uh, between the hockey, so Finland and, and Germany? I, I would say it's in a goalie perspective, it's a way more challenging in a DL. Like Finnish league is so organized, kind of a little bit sometimes boring, I would say. Like everybody's defending so good that you don't get that many shots and everybody's getting five guys back and five mm. guys waiting in a middle zone there so i think now it's maybe a little bit changing but it done in that time it was like that another cool thing you got to do when you were in berlin is you guys i think you played in three uh three chls yeah so that you know that was when i think they had just like at that time it had just like started up again because there wasn't much talk of it before but like you know that must have been a cool experience um you know playing in that tournament did you end up uh playing any finnish teams when you guys were in it we played actually in Lap and Randa one one year, so that was that was nice and and it it used to be then that you have a group states that you play one home and one away. So yeah, yeah. So we played actually Jussi Markkanen. Oh yeah. He he played in the other end, so we had a we had the same agent, but we didn't know each other that well. So but we went. I took him in a dinner at the, at at the, in Berlin, and he took me in a dinner in La Peranta, so. Yeah. It's nice. What's, he's a, isn't he that he was or is still the GM in, uh, he's Saipa, Saipa, Saipa? Saipa, but now he's actually a sports chef in the whole league. Really? Yeah. And he's really gone all the way up. I remember his, uh, his Edmonton playoff around that one year. Yeah. When yeah. Dwayne Rolston got hurt and put him on the map there. Yeah. No, that's cool. Um, you know, speaking just of this, of the, the CHL, like we did it this year, obviously we went to, uh Rama there and before that uh Tapara. And I must say in Rama you you set the team up well. You took the boys out, you know, took us to the where would you go? The sauna the sauna with the water there and the nice restaurant. That was cool. Like for those listening who've never been there, it's like you're driving through the woods. You feel like the woods are never going to end. Yeah. And then all of a sudden this just like building just shows up on the water and it's like you know, out front, nice restaurant. Then over here, different types of saunas, uh, different rooms where you can go do sauna in. Then you go down the dock, another thing with a sauna and all of them fridges full of 
drink. Montero. Yeah, whatever that word is. Uh, great drinks. Um, I really felt it the next morning though. But uh, and just you're you're on the water too. So you know you you go in the sauna. They also had hot tubs. And after that, you run down, jump in the water into the freezing water, and it was kind of like cold, hot, cold, hot, and it was really, really cool. Um, very small town, I will, I will say. Um, yeah. Great karaoke scene. Uh, Never been there. Some some of us can com- some can comment on that. So I'll have to get our other Finnish buddy on who was just running the mic that night. But uh, no, very cool, cool experience. And um, another thing you, you you did, which I think is cool, it's it's cool to see now the progression in German hockey. You played with a lot of young, uh, younger goalies when you were in the league who now are, you know, number ones. And one of them is the national team number one goalie. So you have, for example, just Matthias Niederberger and uh, Franz are up there, who's now in Bremerhaven. Unfortunately, he's been hurt this year. But uh, Cooper is Cooper is as well. Yeah, I was going to bring him up. So those three guys who, you know, kind of all went through the Berlin system at young ages. Franz is actually, I played and, with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a guy, we're going to talk about him talk about him a little later but yeah so it must have been cool for you or cool for you to see now i should say you know those guys when you were kind of on the way down in your career like getting up there like kind of going out and seeing these young guys come up and um does it surprise you that these guys have had the success they had or that could you see it at a young age too i think without names like some of them of course you could see them and some guys might be a little bit surprised yeah Oh, that's good. I mean, I always say some guys figure it out, you know, earlier and some guys figure it out later. And, um, you know, a guy like Niederberger, obviously, number one goalie team Germany has had tremendous success. Won, I don't know how many championships won in a row now, three or two. Yeah, yeah. three. Um, yeah, I mean, guy, know, guy knows how to win and play under pressure. That's what every team wants. Um, but no, that was kind of cool. And, Sorry to bring up this this terrible memory again, but uh, you know you end up playing four years in Berlin, as I said. Your last year in Berlin, you guys end up going to the finals there against Munich. Uh, go to Game Seven, and you know, if we're writing a storybook ending, it would have been pretty perfect and surreal for you guys to win, and then that was it. But unfortunately, uh, that didn't happen. But um, you know, kind of going through that season leading up to the playoffs and stuff, did you have a feeling that? This was this was the last year. I actually we were in it was Olympic year, so we were in Olympic break in LA, and we were staying in that uh, practice facility of uh, LA Kings. Mm-hmm. And there, I remember I took uh, Peter John Lee and Rich there, and I told them that this is my last year. So I I think that was one of the last drives I got for that last season, kind of that that. Mm-hmm. But it ended a little bit too, too too early. But I think on the other side in Munich they had two players who retired also. So good mm-hmm. for them. Who were those guys? To be honest, I can't remember. I was gonna, I was gonna say who who would those guys have been? Ah, whatever. Good for them. Um, did you always know like when you were done you wanted to stay in hockey? Well, okay, well, let we have to a little bit go. Here we go. We have to go a little bit back. This guy back. told me he wasn't going to talk on this yeah. podcast, so now we're getting out of him. Yeah, so uh, I got a call from actually my old teammate in Berlin and Kazan Antti Mietinen. He was already retired and he was working under 17 Finnish national team. And he, they lost their goalie coach to the 
Finnish men's national team. So they needed a goalie coach. So he called me that would I be willing to do that? And I think that was kind of a sign that maybe it's time for me to retire when guys are offering me a goalie coach job. So that kind of was a little push towards that, that I was started to think that maybe this is my last year. And then that's how this another career started. Yeah, and what a career it's been. Obviously, uh, as you said, working for the Finnish national team there and also uh, a couple of years back in your hometown in Rama, both with uh, the U20 team and also the the pro team and kind of who you mentioned before, you got to work with uh, and Chichka there. Yeah, actually, I was a little bit more on the junior side. like so. But Topi Dope was our under-20 mm-hmm. team, team goalie, goalie then. So. And now he's just... Stolen the number one job in Cologne now, so it's yeah. crazy to see that come full circle. But I was, you know, kind of built a relationship, like you mentioned, um, you know, working with him at a young age. And another guy you worked with, and no one listening would would know this. I just know him because I've watched him before. Is uh, Lassie Lehtinen? Lehtinen. Lehtinen. And uh, he's in where's he now? Sweden. He's in Sweden. Sweden. Now. Yeah. I remember watching him though. Uh, watched a couple games of him a couple of years ago. Uh, he was in Rama, right? Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching uh watching him and I talked to the GM about him at one point and he had said, Yeah, like he's young goalie with hopefully lots of potential. And yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't work with Lassie that much, but Lassie has been always like he was the best goalie in under sixteen, best goalie under eighteen, best goalie under twenty. Then he went Mestis, he was the best goalie in Mestis, and then he won the championship in Finland, Finnish league. So he's been like I think he he's been a prospect. A long long time ago and i think he's doing a really good job and he's a great goalie and great character do you think a guy like that would ever get a chance in north america just given like the kind of success he's had early i was surprised that he didn't get a chance because i was sure that after they won the championship in rauma that he would have go to the north america mm-hmm. i don't know what happened so well as i said goalies do mature later so he's still at a very good age where yeah, you know, playing in Sweden now, if he continues to have success, and you know, you never know what happens over the next couple of years. But uh, this leads us to, uh, you know, where we are now. Um, you know, kind of well, obviously, first, as I've mentioned the past couple of weeks here, Corona happens, which wasn't fun for a couple couple of years there. But then uh, during the twenty one twenty two season, uh, you end up coming to Mannheim here, uh, basically halfway through the year, I would say in december i believe it was but uh how did that opportunity come about and uh you know had you been looking for something at that point to kind of go back to the pro level because i believe you were still working with the the under 20 team in rama yeah i was a little bit looking for and already started to kind of talk about with my agent that next year maybe i would come germany i really like liked in germany and then uh, actually in the start of the season, Mannheim was playing a <clears throat> CHL in Rauma, and I, I was talking. I was talking to Felix and say hi to Endras, and mm-hmm. then I was talking a long time with Rostislav Haas, who was the goalie coach then. Who and he was saying that this is probably his last year here, and he like, am I interested and everything? And I said, yeah, I'm interested. And I don't know what happened, but somehow then. Who who go who go went away? 
I don't know what happened there, but then I got a call that am I interested to go to uh, for the Adler, and I said of course, like great organization in Germany. Like I felt really lucky that kind of that door opened for me. No, oh, it's crazy. Just kind of right place, right time. Um, and we talked about this before uh, off camera, but I think it's cool to talk about now. So when you came to Mannheim, uh, Arno Tiefensi, who obviously is one of our goalies now, was kind of a young, up and coming guy, I believe, as you said. Like Andros was here. Andros was here. Sorry, um, Felix was here, and Arno had kind of been in the second league there, starting out at a young age. I worked with him. I think the. 2021 season so the season before and then um you know it's how 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 have you seen him progress and just kind of maybe make adjustments to his game whether it was him or you influencing that because you know i don't think anyone you know two three years ago would have said he you know was an nhl draft pick and and become a number one at such a young age like he has because it's just tremendous to see a you know a young german guy with a lot of talent like he has yeah well Actually, when I came, like Arno was, he didn't even play that much in uh, Heilbronn then. So he kind of, he was our third goalie. So we were working before practice. He started to work. I think he, he started to work a little bit harder off ice stuff and all that kind of added up. Like I, I've said it like he had all the tools, but I little bit, I think I taught, taught him to how to use those like, mm-hmm. and little bit calm him down and trying to make him a little bit like not spreading so much all the time and i think he he was really motivated when i came here and he's been doing great job and i i'm really happy to see how he's playing it's always good too when you see like kind of even with felix i would say as well like you know the two of you or sorry felix and arno working with with you like the the connection is is clearly there like it's clearly working like you all understand kind of what each other is thinking, how they see the game in similar ways. So I think that's always an important quality to have when you have a, a goalie coach with working with goalies and especially in professional hockey. Yeah, I, I I think like I have two really smart guys. Both both are there's a rumor always thinking that people thinking that goalies are dumb, but the closer you play your own net, the smarter you have to be. And I think I have two really smart guys here and they we are in the same page, like talking about thinking pretty much same way. So we've already established that wingers are the dumbest. We 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 got Kurt for that one on the yeah on the bus a couple times, but uh, no, that's all that's all jokes. Um, just curious, curious dude. It's kind of we're gonna change directions here back to kind of Finland. Um, you know, how has the goalie coaching in Finland kind of evolved over the years? Would you say? Of course, uh, we have. I think we are one of the first countries, I don't know the North America that well, but in Europe at least, we are the first countries that started to having goalie coaches. Like we became before Sweden or any other countries. And I think it has been, we have been in the like a first row of goalie coaching all the time. I think now we are a little bit like we don't have that many prospects, but I think one of the biggest thing is like 10 years ago when the KHL started was that all the best Finnish goalie coaches were hired in the mm-hmm. KHL and I think that's one impact that why Russian goalies are so big in, in in NHL nowadays. No, we talked about this before 
too was I, I mentioned to you whether it was 10 years ago whatever world junior it was uh the year that they won or they had, were trending upwards and i think they won within this time frame was you know 2012 2013 i remember it was in sweden somewhere and i remember just all the reporters were talking about how these finnish goalies like were just coming out of nowhere and like you know kind of going up on the uh, trending upwards versus where the canada was slowly dropping off from their dominance and then to your point uh these goalie coaches are most of these goalie coaches that probably have been influencing uh finnish goaltending were now getting noticed by russia and now to your point where you see kind of four or five years later all these russian goalies and to now are getting drafted every year because you see guys you know like vasilevsky um Bobrovsky's a bit older but i would say guys like that having success yeah i think he has also a finnish goalie coach there in the summer times and so um, I would I would say that that's a big impact in. Uh... Mm-hmm. So so basically, what you're saying is, if you want to be a successful goalie, hire a Finnish goalie coach. <laughs> I think you have to a little bit to also work for yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe uh, is there any, so now like now kind of this time now so twenty two thousand twenty four, is there any like. You know, in Canada, we obviously have a big, big network of goalie coaches and guys who run camps every year. But uh, is there any big goalie camps in in Finland or that you, that you would recommend, or even in Sweden? Like, just kind of. I don't. I don't know if you like my opinion, but <laughs> I, I'm not actually, to be honest, biggest fan of uh, goalie camps mm-hmm. because I I believe like what you do do in one week, you'll forget it in two weeks mm-hmm. so i think more you need that good goalie coach i don't know if you have a camp you have a guy and you have a good relationship that you can a little bit work it on the phone and that but i'm believing more that everyday goalie coach in a team mm-hmm. and having having that work doing every day and you challenging those goalies mm-hmm. to do that work every day well, I guess I won't promote my goalie school on this podcast now because Petru doesn't, <laughs> doesn't approve of it. But uh, no, I think I always it always intrigued me because, you know, for me growing up, I felt like it did help me. But it's every summer, it, you know, you see these kids three, four, five weeks of goalie schools. And, and sometimes it's the same one. Sometimes it's one week here, one week there because you're trying to pick. That that's what I'm coming. Oh, yeah, yeah, like you stay with that one. Yeah, like I don't believe that you pick one something there and something there. Sometimes goalie job is boring, mm-hmm. but you have to do that work. So just changing everything. Usually those guys don't end up anywhere. Oh, it's an interesting thought. I was just thinking too, like when you're a young goalie. So say you're ten, eleven, twelve. Like you might not have the. Uh, the the luck of being able to work with a goalie coach all this time so that's where i was kind of thinking like you know they get to go to this goalie school for a week and yes i understand it's one week of 52 in the year but uh you know it's still good for them and um and once again we we are coming from a little bit different places like because in finland you pretty much have every team has a goal yeah yeah that's true so that's why but i i don't think that's that big business in finland too what do you know? What have you done? <laughs> Inside joke there. Um, no, that's true. Um, 
it's it's crazy though like these uh, north america like i don't want to say it's like a scam but it's the amount of goalie schools there are and like the amount of kids going to these things obviously bigger country and stuff but uh and i'm not saying everything is bad but for sure there's always when there's a no, lot no, of Pat- options no no petri we get it so it's fine <laughs> um no all good uh, it's nice to hear your opinion on that and um you know definitely made me think of it a little differently too because that is true like can you really you know smart guys probably can um i wasn't known for my brains but can you really take something from one week and continue to use it 52 weeks yeah exactly um to be honest so for me there was one thing because i went when i was coming up through pro i was going through that when the r the rvh was just kind of starting so i remember working with eli wilson who i believe worked for vancouver but uh, nhl anyways he worked in nhl and very successful camps, but I remember just like kind of talking with him about it and he kind of did explain some stuff to me that I was able to use, but, uh, you know, whatever. It is cool to see. It was, it was nice to just have a different opinion too, but, um, we'll move onwards now. <laughs> Agree to disagree. Yeah. No, I'm going to, I'm actually going to think about that's, this. That's just my op- opinion. Now. I'm, I'm actually going to think about this now. Maybe I was taught the wrong the whole way. Maybe that's why my career ended so early, but, um, have you learned uh, like anything or things from being a goalie coach that you wish you knew or, or thought of differently when you played? Because I think like for me, when I got into goalie coaching, it was cool to be on the other side of it. And then you can see scenarios that, oh, that's why they were telling me this or, oh, you should play it like this. Like if you kind of, you understand what I'm saying? Like, have you kind of seen it that way? I, I understand what you're saying, but. But I have to say that I have been always really well co- coached. Mm-hmm. Like I have one guy, Ari Moisanen, who I told in the, who became when I was a young guy. Yeah, and he always explained to me everything, and kind of <laughs> I wouldn't say I had an opinion or <laughs> chances to say anything against. But what we did, he told me why we did it and everything. And I, like I said, I I never been a talent. I've been well coached. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, and he kind of also, I think he, it helps me, my career in this, this after, after hockey life career or coaching, coaching, like it helps me a lot on that one. So, so, so I, only thing, of course, time is different now, nowadays, but I think that off eye stuff and everything. That's a big thing. Like you have to be, it used to be when I was young that the goalies are always last in all, all the testing and running and everything. That's like now you have to be on the in the top. That's why that's why a lot of kids became goalies around my age, because it was less skating. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I, I'm in the same Petri's like that was me. Yeah. Um, uh, no, I was just following my buddy. <laughs> no, that's cool. Cool to hear. Obviously, it's cool to hear your opinion because you obviously are someone that's had as you mentioned, goalie coaches and good goalie coaches for most of your career. Um, I know someone myself, like college, it was always like part-time guys or, or a guy that was focused on assistant coaching more. So like he didn't really have that day-to-day work. And then even in pro, like France, Norway, no no goalie coaches. Del 2, 
when I when I was there, we weren't affiliated with Mannheim and Hellbron, so we definitely didn't have goalie coach. I think the only, to be honest, the only place I worked with a goalie coach was my two weeks in Degendorf because they were affiliated with Straubing, and it was the same guy who's there now, Manuel. So like, but that's just funny for me like you know to see it the other side where you said in finland it's normal in most places to have a goalie coach kind of all the way up and spoiled spoiled country you guys are i know and like i said i've been lucky that i've been blessed with a great goalie coach i would say one of the best in the world and like that that has helped me and and then i've I've been lucky Mm -hmm. i know like you said not everybody has always chance to have a goalie coach well, sometimes, uh, you know, as we say, to be good, you need to be lucky too. You, you need someone to, yeah, but you need someone to watch it kind of outside. It's yeah. probably the same with the cold swing. Like, you need someone to tell you don't feel it that what yeah, you're yeah. doing wrong. Oh, and you feel you're doing right, but you're not doing that. That's 100% true. You need another set of eyes on you for sure. Um, let's talk about how you spend your summers. Obviously, um, I know this firsthand, but for the viewers, they wouldn't. So you have a very uh nice I'll, I'll say the english word for it, cottage uh place on the water in, in rama there um very beautiful setup um probably bought and paid for by some russian team um so how is that how you like to spend your summer you like to go back to rama every year and just kind of enjoy summers on the water lots of saunas obviously well that's actually where i live my summertime so i stay there play golf play bottle then go well i haven't fished a couple of years but i love fishing but i know somehow somehow i have been too too busy so i have a boat so i like to go a little bit boat ride and that's it relaxing have fun if you had to give up one thing what would you give up saunas or booze booze for sure <laughs> i knew that was gonna be the answer uh for those listening like i have this has very been very eye-opening to me the Finnish culture, uh, diehard sauna fans. Um, Petri has one at his summer house down on the dock or by the dock, I should say. On the what would you call that? Like, like your I, w- I would say dock, like. dock, yeah. Um, and and just like you know, anywhere we are on the road, obviously in Mannheim, we have one. Like, you're in there every day, it's like you're it's like your calming place. Like you, you go there just to get away and just whether you stay in there for five minutes or 30 minutes, like it's just kind of your calming place. Like just brings you back down. Yeah, it is. And it's, well, like you said, it's coming and you kind of get to reset your thoughts. And sometimes I'm going, actually, I take a pen and paper and I'm thinking what we do in a practice with the goalies. Like that's kind of nice, quiet place. I wish I could get into them. It's just like, I guess for me, that would be like a hot tub. I love, I love my hot tubs, but the sauna, I just, you know what it is? The sauna, I feel like if you stay in there long enough, I get like uncomfortably hot. And then I used to always wear, I have a necklace I wear and the necklace would burn me. Yeah. So then you're just like, oh my God, I don't want to take my necklace off. This isn't worth it. And then you end up leaving. But um, no, maybe I'll have to get on the sauna train. Obviously we have lots of time to. Maybe we do it next week. Yeah, for sure. We can start at two minutes and work our way up, I guess. Yeah um all right two more for you obviously it's a game day here we uh we do need to go kind of relax a bit for a big game thing against munich but um where do you hope to kind of see yourself in in five years like what's your what's your coaching goal i would say to be honest i uh, I, i'm really happy being in a central europe like i'm i feel like i'm 
I'm <laughs> I'm Finnish guy, but there's a you know winter times at least. I, I I really like like a Central Europe, Germany, I don't know Switzerland, something like that. And is it? Would you say it's you know you enjoy what you're doing being a goalie coach? Have you ever thought of being assistant coach or a general manager or something no, like that? No, I I really love the goalie goalie coach stuff. Like that feels my own own thing. Like that's mm-hmm. something I really think i know something about it and i really love it like mm-hmm. having that 20 minutes before the practice with the guys and like i said i have two really good guys now so it's so so much fun and so easy to go on ice that's good to hear man you want to do something obviously you you enjoy doing whether it's in sports or not and at the end of the day you got to do it every day so you might as well you know be happy going to the rink have fun doing it you don't want to come miserable and be like oh let's go on the ice exactly and like i said once again i've said it a couple times but it eases up when you have good goalies yeah sometimes i've 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 met some goalies during my coaching career that you kind of thinking like uh, i'm lost in here like i don't Mm -hmm. know what should i do with him or but these two guys are easy to work with and they understand what i mean yep felix and arno great guys to work with um great goalies as well Last one for you here. I'm going to finally throw this paper off the table. Um, what is one piece of advice or multiple piece, multiple piece of advice, excuse me, that you would give your younger self? So if you're speaking to Petri Vehanen, 16, 17, 18 years old, or maybe the younger generation listening to this podcast, like what are one or multiple things of advice you would give them? Well, like I said, that off-eye stuff would be like, knowledge nowadays about that one is so big thing of course challenges are also a little bit different when i was young we were pretty much just playing outside now you have tablets playstation Mm -hmm. all that stuff like kind of being overall athletic guy doing different sports a little bit get that like I said, you have to be in the test results. You have to be on top of there, not the last guys. I think, yeah, for sure. Moving, moving on your skates and everything. That that thing, I would put more effort on that one when I was a younger guy. But it's you didn't know then. But I, like I said, after after sixteen, eighteen, when I got the goalie coach, so that kind of change and we started our project and it's a it's a long term and actually one more thing choose your road which one you're going to take and believing that not going every different camp yep no multiple goalie coaches goalie camps for petri we we talked about this morning in the gym this is another one that we kind of brought up but you know starting a i would say a stretching routine at a young age is also very very good I was actually really flexible and even when I was 40 still playing like I never went to the couch I always watched TV mm-hmm. on the floor and I was stretching not like really hard all the time but then a little little bit all the time and if you're two two hours stairs like you don't even notice it that you're stretching and mm-hmm. uh, it's way better than sitting in a couch I know so many goalies who like tell me, oh my God, like I wish I started this 10 years ago. Like my flexibility is brutal or my mobility in my hips. And and it, it and you feel it yeah. right, right away. Like even just 
like you said today, like you feel like you're in an airplane seat, like you feel so stiff and Yep, that's true. And the last thing I want to mention here just came to my mind. Uh, we we joked about it at the start, but uh, you know, you obviously got uh, got your number retired there in, in Rama. Um, must have been a emotional day for you. Kind of crazy to see, you know, when you look back on your whole career of where it started and and how it was ending. But uh, yeah, man. You're a Finnish legend. That's that's true, and your number will forever hang there in Rama. We were there, and it was pretty cool to see it. But uh, I appreciate you taking the time, man, sharing your story. Um, as we said, it was a very long, successful career, and now you're young into your coaching career. I would say four or five, six years in, and uh, no, it's awesome to see what you do daily with our with our goalies and just kind of how you think the game, uh, minus the goalie camp thing, but. Uh, I appreciate you sharing your story. Didn't, didn't mean your camp. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Harris's camp is fine. Um, no, but I appreciate you sharing sharing your story, man. And uh, yeah, your English was good, man. You were worried for no reason. Someone understands something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. It was actually fun. Thanks. Going down memory lane is always good. But uh, yeah, for those listening, um, give us a follow on on uh, all the social platforms there, Instagram. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, everything else. As I said, the YouTube ones are good now because they're being done. We're we're live. We're sitting together. It's not done through Zoom for the most part. But uh, appreciate you guys listening. Until next week, cheers and ciao.